Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers and this week's show comes to you from Kigali in Rwanda, where the 2016 African Nations Championship Finals begin this weekend. 16 nations are here, among them are Cameroon, and we hear that fans of the Indomitable Lions are not very optimistic. Nah, I don't think that many Cameroonians are expecting um, anything big uh, from the uh, uh, competition. And we catch up with how the African players did in the English FA Cup third round. And we have the third part of our profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. Stuart Weir asks what kind of a person Wenger is. When he talks, he's passionate and articulate. Very analytical. One former player, Nigel Winterburn, says, Arsene Wenger is a man of his word, that's for sure. Well, that's all coming up on the show. I'm in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda. It's my first time here, and this is the sound of dancers practicing at the Amahoro Stadium for the opening ceremony of the 2016 African Nations Championship, which gets underway here on Saturday, with Rwanda playing Ivory Coast and Gabon taking on Morocco. This is the fourth edition of the tournament, which was introduced in 2009 as a version of the Africa Cup of Nations for home-based players only, with the aim of showcasing the talent of those who play in their own domestic leagues. Well, the 2009 tournament was won by DR Congo, the 2011 edition by Tunisia, and in 2014 it was Libya. Well, this will be the biggest sports event ever held in Rwanda. The country hosted the 2009 African Under-20 Championship with eight teams participating and all of the games being played here in Kigali. But this time there are 16 teams in three cities. As well as Kigali, there's Giseni in the west and Butari in the south being used. Well, people are excited about the tournament and I've had a warm welcome to the country. Right now I'm sitting in the garden of a hotel close to the stadium. It's a very green country and they have three rainy seasons. This is called the short rainy season. Rwanda's known as the land of a thousand hills and I'm looking across rolling green hills and valleys and a bird's flying overhead. Well, two things that the country is particularly well known for is the terrible genocide of the 1990s, and we'll talk about that on a later edition of Planet Sport Football Africa. Also, Rwanda is famous for its mountain gorillas in the north of the country, about three hours from Kigali. They're a big tourist attraction, and these mountain gorillas are found in Rwanda and across the border in DR Congo and in Uganda. Well, let's talk about the football. Cameroon have qualified for the African Nations Championship. They play in Group B with DR Congo, Angola and Ethiopia. It's not the best of times for Cameroon. They went out at the group stage of the Africa Cup of Nations last year and had a very poor FIFA World Cup in 2014. Adrian Barnard spoke to Silas Ngong in Cameroon. He's an expert on the team. And Adrian asked what Cameroon fans are expecting at the tournament. I think the feeling is um, uh, most Cameroonians are losing faith in their team, especially their football team, because um, since 2002, um, these teams have won basically nothing. And I think that it's uh, mainly due to 
some administrative problems with the uh, football federation, football association. So uh, the feeling is not so much a good one, and uh, I don't think that many Cameroonians are expecting um, anything big uh, from the uh, uh, competition. The African Nations Championship, of course, is a tournament for home-based players. What do you think about the squad that's been selected, Silas, uh, and the the players who will be representing Cameroon? Um, I think that each player that is uh, selected to uh, represent the country has in mind to do their best. And so this is another opportunity for them to actually showcase what they are made of and maybe someone somewhere in the data championship where they would be better paid, would see them and they would get interested in that. So um, it, it just for that fact, I think that the, the players themselves are motivated and they want to give in their best, um, not so for the country, but a lot more for themselves. Cameroon has produced some fantastic players over the years, of course. Samuel Eto'o immediately comes to mind. And yet at the national level, Cameroon hasn't performed well. A very disappointing showing at the World Cup in Brazil in 2014 and at last year's Cup of Nations. What needs to change for Cameroonian football to regain the, the status it once had? Uh, when, when the older players are, have left the scene, and there is nothing um, on the base uh, to count on, then there is a problem. And secondly, um, I, I would say that the wranglings in the FA uh, have not, you know, been so good to the football um, because there's a lot of fighting, in-house fighting, and uh, instead of, you know, developing for the pitch. That's Silas Ngong in Cameroon speaking to Adrian Barnard. So to recap, Silas says that fans are losing faith in the team as they haven't won anything of note since the Africa Cup of Nations in 2002. He says that the major factor may be is the administrative problems that have been going on for years. Silas says the fans are not expecting the team to win the African Nations Championship, but at least the players will be motivated as they'll be showcasing their talent with the hope of a contract outside the country. More for their own benefit than for the benefit of the nation. And Silas said there's too much infighting at Cameroon's Football Federation and this is taking away the focus on issues such as the development of young players. We'll we'll see how Cameroon get on here in Rwanda. Uh, Certainly the African Nations Championship is very difficult to predict as these are not full national team squads but only those players who play at home. The 2014 winners and runners-up Libya and Ghana both failed to qualify this time. And I spoke to African football expert Oluwashina Okaleji, who says one big factor is how strong the country's domestic league is. DR Congo won the maiden edition, and that's because they have TP Mazembe, who are undoubtedly one of the big teams in Africa. They have a well-structured league. Um, they, they have players who are hungry for success. We've also seen a team like Tunisia. Their major tournament, the last time they won a major tournament, was when they hosted the, the AFCON itself in 2004. But they've won this chant tournament. Libya, unbelievable. They won the last edition. Who would have thought that Libya would come and win the tournament? That's the unpredictability of this tournament. You can't predict who's going to win. It's difficult to predict. When it comes to the normal tournament, the favorites are always Nigeria, Ghana, Cameroon, Ivory Coast. But when it comes to the chant, you never can single out a team that can actually win it. It's full of surprises and that's why I love it.
So, as you say, very, very difficult to predict uh, the African Nations Championship or, or Chan, but uh, who would you put among the leading contenders for this 2016 edition? Nigeria are always saying they want to go here and win. Sunday Ulisa is saying he wants to win. This could be the year of Nigeria, but when it comes to Nigeria, I just don't trust the Super Eagles. But I think I'll go for DRC and maybe Nigeria, and um, my, my heart says Morocco could spring a surprise. But look, I'm not looking further than DRC and say Nigeria this time around. I think both countries, the way they qualify, the way they've come into this tournament, they look like a side, they look like two teams that will actually uh, be contesting the final on the final day of this tournament. That's Olawashina Okaleji. And on Facebook and on WhatsApp, you can tell us who you think will win the 2016 African Nations Championship. You can send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, it's been a busy time in England with some exciting Premier League games on midweek that saw Liverpool draw 3-3 with Arsenal, who are still on top, but only on goal difference, ahead of Leicester, who won 1-0 away to Tottenham, while Manchester City in third drew 0-0 at home to Everton. Senegal's Sadio Mane didn't score, but he was the man of the match for Southampton as they beat Watford 2-0. And Ghana captain Andre Ayew scored, but his side Swansea lost 4-2 at home to Sunderland and are just one place above the bottom three. Well, let's focus on the FA Cup. The third round matches were held last weekend. Stuart Weir joins us from the UK, in fact, from the city of Oxford, where he lives. And Stuart, your local team, Oxford United, were giant killers as they knocked out Premier League Swansea. Oxford play in the fourth tier of English football, so it was a huge upset. So there must have been some great excitement there in your city of Oxford. Absolutely, Steve, and all the more so because the Premier League Swansea took the lead when the Ecuadorian World Cup player Jefferson Montero scored halfway through the first half. But Oxford came back and with Kemar Roof scoring two second-half goals, it finished 3-2 to Oxford United. And, well, it certainly had a bit of an impact on the city. And, of course, the draw for the next round gives Oxford a home tie against either Newport County or Blackburn Rovers. So we're confident that we can keep going. Well, that's fantastic, Stuart. Um, This really sums up uh, the charm of the English FA Cup, doesn't it? Where the smaller teams or some of them get a chance to play the real big guns. Yeah, I mean, the FA Cup is the oldest cup competition in the world going back to 1872. But the great thing about the third round, which is what was happening at the weekend, is that it's the first time that the Premier League and the Championship teams come in. But as well as that, there's 20 other teams from the lower division, some of whom may have played sort of six or seven games to get there, Even semi-professional clubs get in there. And, of course, it's a completely open draw. And as can happen here, Oxford United from the fourth tier can play a Premier League team. And, you know, it's a great payday because the game was on live television. But more importantly, they have a chance to knock over their more illustrious rivals. Yeah, it's um, a really special competition, the FA Cup. Um, Lots of African players were in action, some with big teams, some with very small teams. 
Well, yeah, the other thing you'd have to say with the FA Cup, because of the importance of the league and qualifying for the Champions League, the FA Cup probably, for some of the top teams, is not as significant as it used to be. And that means that on occasions they will rest players for the FA Cup. I mean, particularly as following the FA Cup, there's two Premier League games really within about eight days. I mean, for example, Bournemouth beat Birmingham City and Tokelo Ranti, who's not actually started a Premier League game this season, but the South African was in the starting lineup, although unfortunately he had to go off injured during the game, but it was his first start of the season. Similarly, at Stoke, the Nigerian Peter Odunwingi, whose Premier League season has been restricted to two sub-appearances, played all 90 minutes as Stoke beat Doncaster. And again, at Everton, they decided to rest their free-scoring centre-forward Romelu Lukaku, which meant that the Ivorian Aruna Kone played in his place the whole game, scored... And another, the long-standing South African Stephen Pinar, who's now 33 and has played over 180 games in the Premier League for Everton. But he struggled even to make the bench this year. But he was in the starting lineup for the Cup game. Similarly, Chelsea gave five minutes to the Senegal 20-year-old Bertrand Traore as Chelsea beat Scunthorpe. And Steve, I know you like these things because... Aspilicuta for Chelsea became the third Chelsea player this season to play wearing a protective mask after Matic and Fabregas in previous games. So there's a bit of trivia for you. Well, Stuart, maybe you could enlighten us on that because um, listeners who do watch English Premier League football will have seen the goalkeeper Peter Cech uh, always wearing one of these very strange black face masks. Uh, Also, Cesc Fabregas and uh, Matic, too, wears this uh, face mask. Why? What's the purpose? Well, if we start with Czech, he got kicked on the head several years ago, and it was quite a serious blow to the head. And ever since that, he's worn this just as a protection. The others are more short-term. And, you know, in, in days past, a player who had perhaps a small fracture in his face or something like that would not play. But now it's deemed to be OK to play, provided you've got this mask which holds the bone in place. So normally it means a player is carrying a small injury. Okay, that's very enlightening, Stuart. Thanks for that. Um, I noticed too that uh, Yaya Toure didn't play for Manchester City, but their young Nigerian, Kelechi Iher Nacho, scored again. Absolutely. You know that with lots of games coming up, City simply decided to give Torre a day off and it was to the benefit of Ehenacho, who was involved for the whole game, as you say. Similarly, Leicester City put Rihad Mahrez on the bench for the game and didn't use him at all. But his replacement was the Tunisian Johan Benluani. So again, you know, one African's rest is a help to another one. And just the last one to mention in this category was when Arsenal beat Sunderland 3-1, Alex Awobi of Nigeria, who's only had three Premier League substitute appearances this season, was in the starting lineup and played the first three quarters of the game and was subbed really only after Arsenal got their third goal. Another player who was rested was perhaps this programme's favourite player, if I might put it that way, Odian Igalo at Watford, who only played for the last 15 minutes, but Watford still managed to beat Newcastle. 
But you know, Steve, it's not just in the Premier League that you find Africans. And one of the games of the day was when non-league, semi-professional Eastleigh took the lead but finally drew at home to Bolton Wanderers not long ago they were in the Premier League. And Yemi Odebadi, a Nigerian-born player, was in midfield for Eastleigh. And when Carlisle United drew with Yeovil, former Ghanaian international Derek Asamoa came off the bench to help them. Thanks a lot, Stuart. So there's a strong African presence in the lower divisions of English football as well as the Premier League. There's a couple of players to mention at Leeds United of the Championship. The Gambia's Mustafa Karayol scored on his debut as Leeds beat Rotherham United in their FA Cup third round game 2-0. Karayol has moved on loan from Middlesbrough and the other goal in that game was from Suleiman Dukara, who's from Senegal. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. The show coming to you from Kigali in Rwanda, where the 2016 African Nations Championship Finals begin on Saturday. And a President Paul Kagame is expected to attend the opening ceremony. He's been very supportive of hosting this tournament, which has cost an estimated $21 million in renovations for the stadiums and other costs. You can follow us on Twitter. The address is at Planet Sport FA. You can keep in touch with news about the show and African football news. Our Twitter handle at Planet Sport FA. And our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. It's designed for smartphones. You can listen to the programme on the website and find out more about the team. Our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. Well, still to come, part three of our profile of Arsenal coach Arsene Wenger. But now we turn to Facebook and WhatsApp. And last week we asked for your thoughts on the recent CAF Awards. Borussia Dortmund's Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang picked up the African Player of the Year award, denying Yaya Toure a record fifth title. Hervé Renard took the Coach of the Year award after winning the Africa Cup of Nations with Ivory Coast. And Gambia's Papa Bakary Gassama took the Referee of the Year title for the second successive year. Well, this topic brought our biggest response yet on the show, so we'll try to get through as many of your comments as possible. Uh, Most of you agreed that the awards went to the right people. Amadou Mane in the Gambia says Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a worthy winner of the prize. He's the best player in Africa this season. And congratulations to Bakary Papagassama and to coach Renard for winning the awards there. They deserve them. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in South Korea. He says congrats to the winners of the different awards. They all deserved it, especially Aubameyang. He's been in outstanding and consistent form. I'm hoping more African talents will pop up in the next awards because this one was vividly obvious. Albert Kadzombe in Malawi says this is what I was expecting. Aubameyang has been phenomenal. Alfred Lightfoot-Taylor in Sierra Leone agrees. Emmerick outshone Yaya's performance last season, says Alfred, and he truly deserves the prestigious award for his brilliant performances. Robinio Soe and the Gambia is another fan of Aubameyang. He says, I really admire his skills, his speed, his flexibility and his space. Amalai Oyake of the Concord Sports Agency in Beverly Hills in California says Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is clearly the winner. He's a fascinating talent and an amazing player. The comments by Yaya Toure are very unfortunate and disappointing. 
Amalai is referring there to Yaya Toure's angry comments after the awards when he missed out on a fifth successive title. In an interview with Radio France International, Toure, who led Ivory Coast to success at the 2015 Cup of Nations, said of Aubameyang's award, I think that's what makes the shame of Africa. To behave in this way is indecent, but what can we do? Well, Ebrima KB Sonko from The Gambia wasn't impressed. Yaya Toure's comment about the award is absolute nonsense, he says. Honestly, he disappointed me. I didn't expect him to utter such comments. But uh, some of you did think that Yaya Toure should have won the Best Player Award. Cherno Jallo in The Gambia says congrats and bravo to all the winners. I must confess that Aubameyang's award caught my eye because I was not expecting it. I believe that Yaya Toure should have been crowned for a record fifth time. Abdou Dem Chelsea, also in the Gambia, agrees, saying Aubameyang is Dortmund's best player, but not the best in Africa, because he contributed nothing for Gabon in Africa, and they didn't win any African competition. On to the Coach of the Year award, and Paulus David in Namibia got in touch. He says for Hervé Renard, this is fair. He's a coach who won two Nations Cups with different countries. Many of you commended Gambian referee Papa Bakari Gassama for winning the referee award for the second time. Ebrima speaks for many in the Gambia when he says Papa Gassama is a gem for Africa, particularly for the Gambia. We are very proud indeed. Sana Jaune says Bakari is raising our flag to the highest high. And Ugis Sis adds he has done wonderfully well. We're very proud of him. Thanks for those comments. And talking of awards, a quick mention of the FIFA Ballon d'Or because on Monday, Barcelona's Lionel Messi won a record fifth World Player of the Year award ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo of Real Madrid. Uh, Messi won it largely on the basis of a Barcelona treble in the UEFA Champions League, La Liga and Copa del Rey. Uh, But Stuart, it is uh, hard to say which of those two is the greatest. I mean, I think people have different opinions as to which of them is the better player. I knew that Sir Alex Ferguson, who managed Cristiano Ronaldo, said that he is the best player he'd ever worked with, even ahead of Messi. But it's hard to argue with Messi's goal-scoring record, his achievements at Barcelona. But, you know, I think there's two phenomenal players, the greatest talents on the planet, and whichever of them won, it would be hard to argue with it. Sure. Um, on to other topics, and Odipo Morris from Kenya has been impressed this year by his fellow countryman, the Southampton midfielder, Victor Wanyama. The only problem, says Odipo, would be that he hasn't led his club to a major domestic or continental cup. Also the fact that the performance of the national team has been wanting due to factors beyond him. This hasn't given him the chance to show his qualities at continental level. And finally, Jaturo Jobati and the Gambia says, I'll congratulate Planet Sport Football Africa for your hard work in 2015. I wish you guys a happy new year. Well, thank you, Jaturo, and a happy new year to you and indeed to all of our listeners. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. And this week, you can tell us who you think will win the 2016 African Nations Championship. It looks maybe that Nigeria and DR Congo have big chances. You always have to respect the North African teams too. It's Tunisia and Morocco playing here in Rwanda in the finals. And what about the hosts? Are they in with a chance too? The WhatsApp number is plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. 
Well, finally today to the third part of our profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger, who will this year mark an incredible 20 years as manager of the London club. Over the years, Wenger has worked with star Africans such as Nigeria's Mwanko Kanu and Ivorian's Kolo Toure and Emmanuel Ebue, plus Cameroon's Alex Song. We've heard about how he's transformed Arsenal as a club over the years, and this week, Stuart looks at Wenger's character. Now, what kind of man is Arsene Wenger, the Arsenal manager? Well, when he talks, he's passionate and articulate, very analytical. One former player, Nigel Winterburn, says, Arsene Wenger is a man of his word, that's for sure. I think, you know, that is how he has kept unity among the team and with the players. Sky TV commentator Martin Tyler says, Wenger is the worst loser I've ever seen, even worse than Alex Ferguson. Well, that's an accolade, I suppose. But as well as being serious and thoughtful, he has a fierce temper. For a number of years, he and Alex Ferguson barely spoke to each other, shaking hands without eye contact. He and Alan Pardew, the current Crystal Palace manager, famously raged at each other. That was when Pardew was at West Ham. And they had to be pulled apart after a bitter Falmouth slanging match. He's also, of course, clashed with Jose Mourinho, the former Chelsea manager, on the touchline. Wenger remains on good terms with most of his former players, often sending them a text on their birthday or marking a career milestone. For example, when he released Gilberto Silva, the player said it was purely business. I never let it affect what I thought of him or the respect I had for him, and he's still a friend now. But at the same time, there is a kind of unforgiving streak. When Arsenal first faced Manchester City after Gail Clichy's £6 million transfer from Arsenal, Clichy approached Wenger in the tunnel, offered to shake hands with him, only to be snubbed. Clichy commented afterwards, you know, I played for him for seven years and was clearly disappointed with the reaction. Another example was when BBC interviewer Jackie Oatley was talking to him after a game and she attempted to sum up his analysis of the game by saying, so you feel you didn't win the game because you didn't come out strong enough? To which Wenger snapped back, I didn't say that, you don't listen to me. When Oatley pushed Wenger on the lack of defensive options he had admitted to, again he snapped at her. You've been at the game. I don't know why you come up with such a question. And social media certainly felt that he had been very unfair on her that day. Wenger often seems reluctant to do interviews and complains about the level of media duties, but at the same time seems happy to do interviews for cash and works for a rich TV station in France. So people have said, well, hmm, perhaps money is a bigger motivation in him than you might think. It's often been said that one of Alex Ferguson's strengths is his ability to delegate to people around him. In contrast, it seems that Wenger wants to keep close control of everything himself. Faith seems to play a part in his life. When he met the Pope at a charity game in Rome, He said, I am a Catholic, so it was an experience for me to meet such a great person and to see the humility that he shows and how he is available to meet everyone. Now, it may also come as a surprise to you that Arsene Wenger seems to be a little bit accident-prone. A recent biography describes him 
routinely carrying out a bag of balls at training and being unable to find the hole to get them out. One ex-player describes him as being unable to zip up his coat. And once seeing someone outside the hotel window, tries to open the window to speak to his friend, turns the handle the wrong way, and rather than opening the window, he brings it crashing down on his head. And the ex-player said, the problem in these situations is that the players are killing themselves laughing, while at the same time trying not to be seen laughing. Interesting insight into Wenger, but at least he's a good football manager if he's not so good at the practical things. Can I just acknowledge the book I just referred to? John Cross, writing on Arsen Wenger, published by Simon & Schuster, 2015. Well, thanks very much uh, to Stuart Weir. So Arsene Wenger certainly is a strong-minded character. We'll have the fourth and final part of this profile on next week's show. Well, that's it for this week. But on WhatsApp and Facebook, tell us who you think will win the 2016 African Nations Championship. It's not easy to predict because it's for the home base players only. But uh, send us your prediction on WhatsApp to plus four four. 7955232780. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Kigali in Rwanda. Thanks a lot for listening. Much more from here on the African Nations Championship next week. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.